Welcome back to Gear and Beer. Today, my guest is Tim Galloway. Tim, cheers. Cheers. Dude. Thanks for having me. Man, uh, you know, if I'd uh, known how easy it had been to get out, you over here, I'd have called you and been like, hey, come to episode number three. Four or whatever. <laughs> no, no offense to Justin Butler. I was just that was a uh, random number that came to my brain. I love Butler. Butler's a good man. Is it? Would it be possible to get the vocals as loud as his guitar was? Because his guitar is a great volume, but absolutely can. I can probably talk quieter that way. Everyone knows how loud my mouth is. Uh, there's a bartender. How quiet mine is. There's a bartender Taylor at uh, Second Fiddle who literally calls me Loud Rob. <laughs> Loud Rob. Because there's Rob music and then there's Loud Rob on on that particular day. The other anyway. Rob is pretty quiet, isn't he? Um I can't get it as it, loud maybe as volume his wise. guitar. But um Okay. No, it, that's it's better. That's Thanks. like plus four B, four D B. Yeah, that's yeah. That's good. Uh I noticed it and it helps. And man, uh the board I played at the stage last night and the board at the stage has got like glitch glitchy faders where about an hour after the sound engineer left, Rob Music's vocal jumped up like 10 dB, and there was just nothing that we could do about it. Don't you love it when the engineer just leaves in the middle of your gig? I, I mean, I get it. He's, he stayed plenty long. This Does he is, run like multiple levels or something? It's it's the board. They're, they have parts. They're like trying to get it fixed. Oh, no. I mean, is he one of the engineers that has to run like multiple gigs going on at one time? No. The stage main floor, They just that, that's what they do, and he's... He's there for over an hour. He didn't... I mean, this is like 8.30, the volume jump. So, like, two hours into the gig. And I just had to, like, run my pack way down for the rest of the night. It was awesome. Um, That being said, that's uh, been a great introduction. So, uh, (laughs) I don't don't like to edit, so I'm sure it'll stay in there. (laughs) Tim... Appreciate you coming, man. Oh, um, thanks for having me. I should have just uh, rode a boat over to you. It would probably been faster than driving over here. Me and Lyndon were talking about that <laughs> earlier. I think we figured out that it's between, I don't know where you live, but between where his house is and my house is, is less than a mile as the bird flies. So that's he lives about where I just moved from. Oh, okay. And when I pulled your address up, I realized the same thing. I am on the other tip of Mount Juliet up oh, towards yeah. the other side of the river. So uh-huh. it's about the same from there. Man. Build crazy. a bridge, please. And get over it. But they won't because the, there's like, I see all kind of signs posted around here about the people that don't want the de- the development to come through and all the traffic and blah, blah, blah. I was like, there's already traffic. Let's be able to get over there. <laughs> Nobody if they cares. could just patch it into Old Hickory, you that'd know? be great. I can believe it. Well, mean, used- it wouldn't really go through any neighborhoods. It'd like patch it in, like by right by a bridge. Shit, or I don't something. care. Run the ferries. Getting on a ferry would still be faster. Yeah, it takes forty-five minutes to go two miles for me. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, Mount Juliet's even worse, man. Yeah. It's like it, it's even further if you're coming here, especially that part where you are. Yeah. That's like the least accessible point i there are more inaccessible points in hendersonville than where i am the very, next peninsula over it it's another probably 15 minutes just because of winding through i understand little podunk streets anyway now that we're who down to five gives listeners. a shit about that 
Um, as, as people can see watching on YouTube, Tim has this 335 that uh, we've been listening to while Lyndon and I were being awesome, and <laughs> it just sounds great. Well, thank you. Tell me about this guitar. It, when I when, when you and I first met, you were playing this guitar and this particular Princeton. Uh, didn't think to put a camera on it, so we'll take a picture of it and All right. put that I will, in the video. I will give you stories of the gear. of Well, first the beer portion of the podcast. Yes, let's uh, uh, first things first here on gear and beer. So, guitar amp first. Both have yeah. stories. Hey, man. Uh, whichever one you feel like starts your narrative all right start with the the amp just because it's in there um an ex-girlfriend's dad gave me that old princeton what year is that princeton that one's a 67 67 okay yeah and they were cleaning up and found it and it was his brother's and kind of get long story short he gave it to me and even after that ended we're all still good and kept the amp he was happy well i'm sure he heard you play it once it's like by god that amp belongs with that boy (laughs) i don't know if that's how he talks i just i'm from a country place you're from a country place he was from a very country place (laughs) um and then the guitar that's a 69 335 that i've had for oh my gosh i bet i've had it it looks like a closet classic that there's like nothing wrong with the finish so when i knew when i got it it looked and the case, like the original case, it looked brand new. Um, guy, I can't, I only met the guy, I think his name was Herbert. And when I was back in Albemarle working at a music store, the guy wanted to sell it, make some money. And he came into the store and said, hey, I heard like you're a player and I want to sell it to somebody who's going to use it. And he... I admire that. He, I was, you know, early 20s. He's like, hey, I'll... Uh, Need to sell it today. He's like, we. He's like, we give me. It was six or seven hundred bucks, which was a lot for me at the time. So, anyway, I wrote him a check, and he said, "Well, if you take it today, I'll throw the amp in for another hundred bucks," which was a '68 Princeton Reverb, which was <laughs> brand new, <laughs> looked brand new, That's which crazy. I already had one. So I sold it to a friend for like 110 bucks. <laughs> well, that same day, I was like, so. Good of you to so pass I it on. Had it, and I was like, pass. I always want to try to pay it forward, so I sold it to him for $110. Cost plus 10%. So it was like, That's all right. pretty good. Um, but yeah, guitar was brand new. It looked brand new, and I got it. And It still does. It's kind of been, new. I mean, it's been all over the country, and it's still in good shape. A couple fret jobs, uh, new tuners. That's a Tone Pros bridge. Everything else is completely yeah the same but it's been kind of, bridge i have one on my les paul it's yeah, in the texas nylon saddle sound good on this tremolo tremolo is yeah, pretty does. good <laughs> usually but i've it's been my main guitar one of my main guitars for 15 years do you find that your bigsby works better in a warmer environment than a colder environment because that has been my experience of late I have not. I'm sorry. Really the, the, the opposite of that. Better, better in cold, worse in warm. I haven't really noticed one way or the other. Every now and then, I'll we'll get some friction points and just kind of make sure it's all oiled and nothing's stuck in the saddles. And it's right. usually 
pretty good. Now I'm not doing dive bombs with it. So. <laughs> sure. Would you say that uh, this is your go-to for if you, if you're showing up and you don't know what you're about to get into and you have to bring one guitar? That's a guitar you're going to bring, kind of a thing. I'd say this or a telly. Between those two, I feel like can probably get through most things. I don't have an actual 335. I've got this Sheridan. It's, it's an old one, but it's got minis, so it's not quite. It's not quite the same thing. It's a cool guitar. Those are cool. Indeed. Oh, it's got the broke string. <laughs> it does, and it's thankfully hooked on the. Well, <laughs> I guess you. That's okay. Like I don't want to. I don't want any guitars to be harmed in the making of this film. Yeah, it's a. It's oh, okay. Black joint. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I just broke that. I didn't. I forgot that I did that. I should change it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I have a name. It's fine. Lyndon, no, I, I was gonna. I was trying to think of the st- what strings those were. I was gonna thank the string company for my first broken string in like Peasants. ten years. Oh, they're uh, they're uh, that's what they were. And I don't ever use those. And Rob Music gave me a pack. I was like, man, try them. I love them. Thanks, Rob. They've got great snap, and boy, do they. <laughs> We'll talk after. I have a feeling know exactly what they are. I bet you do. Sponsors. Um, I bet you do. Send us money. We won't. We won't divulge this information. Yes. We are for sale. That's not, that's not even true. Um, I mean, but you can send us money. That's that is true. Uh, we'll put up Tim's Venmo handle. Right. You send him money. I'm all for that. I think it's a good idea. Honestly, what are we here so. for? We're, that's what this world runs on. Venmo, Venmo, bro. <laughs> Thor, or... No, I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm mistaken. Uh, the world runs on Duncan. That's it. The adverts would have you believe. <laughs> so that anyway, I'm tangenting real hard very early. So that's that bodes well. <laughs> so sixty nine, sixty nine, man. It's crazy. That's it's in the best condition of any 335 that I've ever seen, with the exception of at one point Ford was flipping a 61 or something. 335. Some of the cherry red one. No, it looked it okay. looked just like this. I almost um, bought a early 60s from him. That was a red one not too long ago. Dude, I might should uh, have. This was, was probably like, four years ago. That might have been the same because you know 2021, 2020, and 2021 never really. Happened. That's fair. So, can't prove it. Can't prove it. Yeah, that really sounds great. And that's just like literally straight into the amp. <laughs> yeah, mostly a fifty-seven. That's what you call uh, tone is in the hands of the beholder. <laughs> uh, not to say anything bad about that amazing sounding guitar and amplifier, but I, I've got like seventy-three pedals down here. So. <laughs> And I still don't sound that like that. Oh. <laughs> no, so what you know, you do a lot of sessions and a lot of acoustic work and on these sessions. Um, what, do you are most of your sessions just like one or the other, or do you do a lot of floating? Do you bring a couple of worlds? Mostly doing like acoustic mando banjo, just acoustic utility stuff. More than anything, bazooki or whatever. 
There's a bazooki. Bazooki hat? What do you say? A bazooki. Bazooki. Pazuki yeah. is. I was gonna say, did you call it a pazuki? Yeah, that's a pazuki. Pazuki is the dessert at BJ's brew house. It's a pizza cookie. <laughs> I was gonna go way more in the gutter than that. Uh, of course you were. You're from you're from Mississippi. Are you? Yeah. All right. The gutter of America. Mississippi, <laughs> kind of. If we're talking about the 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 river delta. If we're talking about any aspect of Mississippi. Hey. <laughs> Except for the people that I know from there that are awesome. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, that place. Usually do, usually do acoustic. Um, like tomorrow, I'm playing electric and acoustic. There's quite there's. Yeah, do both fairly regular, and from my own place, I end up doing both a lot. Sure, but mostly, especially like pop country sessions, more acoustic than anything. Right on. Man, I I like even on demo sessions, like playing a couple of things and like I don't know. Just I feel like personally, I, it helps. I can end up like seeing the the song as the song better as opposed to like getting in my head about this about the guitar part or the bass part or you know whatever whatever it is I'm doing. So like moving from one point to the other just kind of like makes me maybe be more decisive or something. I don't know. The pressure's on. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe I'm just performing like a mofo. (laughs) Uh, So we were talking earlier while we were eating tacos. Uh, Thank you for the tacos, by the way. They're amazing. Well, the pleasure is all mine, literally. And thank you for the beer. Definitely, and there'll be there's more of those if we need to we need to get one. Um. So like when I first moved to town, uh, you were playing this guitar and that and that amp, which we talked about earlier. You're like, I do a lot of sessions. I can't believe I didn't. You know, I, I could, rather, I'm sorry, I do a lot of acoustic sessions. I can't believe I didn't bring an acoustic. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Well, but it doesn't matter because like like we talked about, uh, this is the Tim that I first met. It was you? I remember you were you had a what my friends all call my jazz hat. You had the. <laughs> Uh, the beret, forwards beret. Oh, the golf cap. Yeah, golf yeah, cap. Yeah. The whatever. Andy Cap cap. I used to wear one all the time. I, I don't know what happened to any of those, or I would still be wearing them. But they don't look great on my watermelon head. <laughs> um, but you were the only other person in Nashville I've ever seen wearing one of those. So. I've realized recently they're called also called go to hell hats at some places in the south. Did go not to- know that until fairly recent. I. What's the reference on that one? Yeah. I didn't know, but I had, had one artist I worked with had pulled one off my head at one point and told me to never wear it again. And I never <laughs> understood why. And then fast forward 10 years later, someone, I walked into First Watch or something and was getting breakfast and someone said, nice go to hell hat. I'm like, what? And I was like, hey, it's like, yeah, they're called go to hell hats in the South. And I'm from North Carolina, but I'd never heard that. I've, I've never, never heard, heard that. that. I'm from Texas. And I was like, well, okay, maybe that makes sense. I mean, I've got some guesses. Like, maybe, I've, but like, I don't, I don't have know. a single guess. That doesn't make any sense. It's a Scottish golf apparel. And, yes. and also, like, <laughs> there are many immigrant Scots in North Carolina. That's where my my last name is McCarty, and that's where my family immigrated to. That same. So that, that whole thing. Yeah, right. That whole thing makes sense. I don't get it. Such a nice people, the Scots. <laughs> Shout out to all the Scots. I have Scottish lineage. 
my aunt could tell Clearly. you, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the red. Uh, McMiller, you know me. McMiller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I apologize for being so stupid. So, Tim. Yes, sir. What are you listening to? Are you listening to music actively these days? I know that. I personally kind of bounce between like listening to music and listening to podcasts or just silence sometimes. I I do the same. I'm bouncing between any and all things: podcasts, music, and silence. So if you were to go out to your car when you leave here and be like, "I want to listen to a record," is there a re- are you have you been? I, I kind of tend to like go in shifts. There's a couple things I'm listening to for a week or two, and then I like. Oh, what about this? And then I moved to that. Or sometimes I'm in like that playlist I had on downstairs. I'm like, I just, just want random. to random. Yeah, just confuse myself. That's I where I am more often than not. It's just random. If I don't want to hear whatever it is, just I'll just hit the next one. Yeah. My brother sends me music a lot, oh, and it cool. could be a lot of like punk rock or very alternative stuff that I sure. always love. Sure. So a lot of times I get a lot of. Musical inspiration from stuff he sends. To be honest, like do you get just into the heavy stuff? Anything I like about anything. I may not always like it in the moment, but at some point sure. I will. It sure. just all depends on whatever have mood you I'm in. Ever heard of a band called Car Bomb? I talk about them all the time. I have not. They're um, kind of a mathy metal band, but. Just some of my favorite, man. I don't know why Carbon. they just. I will check it out. It's I talk again. I talk about it on this podcast all the time. Yeah. I just talk about them all the time. They're they're playing in Birmingham, uh, Birmingham in March. And oh, we were talking about that. I'm I'm going. Yeah, if I was, I, I'll go by dude, myself. I just Aaron. showed uh, Jessica them last night. She did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all I was going? Like, you, you play Dua Lipa for me all the time. I'm going to play you some of my shit. Yeah, man. how about some Car Bomb? Yeah, <laughs> I see I you're Dua Lipa, and I raised you Car Bomb. Um, no, but it, it, it is a really cool band, and it they're you know it's a screaming, uh, very heavy, very mathy kind of okay. band. It's not like um, I would say an equivalent of like th- those aspects would be like a Meshuggah, okay. but it's like not as old school as they, as they sound, which is not even, doesn't even, it seems like a weird thing to even say much less. You're getting closer than a lot of other things by saying Meshuggah though. Okay. Yeah, like totally. It's, it's mathy and in, in, in it's, it's like still really groovy. All the parts heavy. are cool. Yeah. It, it's, but it's also very smart mm-hmm. okay. and they're like, Doing other shit around the thing that makes you go. Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I'll check him out for sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, do do you go? I again, the last two years, as we say, as you just said, <laughs> kind of a wash. But do you still go check out stuff live at all? It's been a bit, and I wish before I'd... the shutdown. Were you occasionally? Occasionally. Um, I have to like remind myself. Like the last two shows I remember going to, outside of local shows, watching friends play, watch, saw McCartney and Petty. Like those were the last Sick. two big shows I remember seeing. Those are pretty. Which, pretty good jealous. Ones. Pretty great. You saw Petty before he died, man. That's that would have been the last tour. Yeah, actually, I didn't list. make it to that one. It okay. was the one before, which I could have made it to that one, but I was working. I had a friend offer me a ticket, and I couldn't Damn. go because I was 
I thought about buying like, tickets. And I would I was have like, loved to have gone. Was time. it Bridgestone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Man, I, I, so for me, I, I would love to see like, okay, so I've seen Bonnie Raitt, but she's one of my favorite artists of okay. all time. I saw her with James Taylor in Wrigley Field, and the sound was just ass. I mean, she still sounded amazing, but dude, somebody like Petty or I saw that show, or, that uh, same lineup in Bridgestone, right. and it sounded great. Uh, man, and I've heard I haven't seen a show at Bridgestone yet, but I, I would love to see one there. But like, I would Sounds love pretty good considering man artists like that. I would love to see in a theater. Sure. You know? Like Chicago theater, I saw Chris Cornell I'm, like I'm six months that. before he died, and it was it was the, amazing. The problem is that artists like Bonnie Raitt and James Taylor are not going to ever be able to play in any theaters unless. No, she did Chicago theater when the Slipstream album came out, and that was really? 2013. But the tickets were 200 starting price, you know. I guess that makes sense. Just kind yeah. of pri- price it to, to where that makes sense. She was out there. with John Prine because that. That uh, yeah. Tree of Forgiveness record had just come out. Um, I, I want to see more artists do things like uh, residencies at the Beacon. And dude, like yeah, Donald man. Fagan did, yeah. did one there for, uh, recently, yeah. I think. And uh, other artists whom I can't come up with a single one off the top of my head. But City Winery, if they could find a good sound guy. I've heard great and... <laughs> I've heard some really yeah, good and yeah, really bad sound. I, we, I think we've gone to a couple of shows together, and I, there was one that was really great and one that was. The last Oz Noise show that I went to there, are you, you familiar with Oz? I know who that is, yeah. Uh, was as good as I've ever heard him sound. It was him and Dave Weckl and Jimmy Haslip, and they were just murdering. And sonically, things were right. Like his awesome. guitar was enormous, <laughs> all the low end was there. You could hear it every nuance of Dave Weckl playing the drum kit. Amazing. The first show I ever saw there was Wayne Krantz, Tim LaFave, Keith, Tim LaFave, Which Keith we Which we went to together. Uh, the very first one? I Maybe not your first one, but my first one there. We we went to that show. Okay, because I've seen him there twice, and okay. I've seen Wayne once at uh, Third and Lindsley, too. Mm-hmm. But the, the very first time I went there, I know Ken was there because I sat with Ken. I don't think that you were at this one I'm talking about. Anthony Jackson was playing bass at the first Wayne Krantz show that I saw. I was visiting, and we went together. Really? Yeah, I think so. I thought I went with Aaron. It doesn't matter. Either way, you couldn't hear Anthony Jackson's bass. You couldn't hear the kick drum. You couldn't hear the bottom end of any Uh, of the toms. It was I've never even been in there, so I don't know surprising. about it. You haven't been. You haven't seen any shows in there, Mm-mm. man. Eric Gales is coming soon. That's one that I want to see. That's that's going to be a fucking good show. That guy is a freak of nature. Yeah, <laughs> sure. he's like he he's got like a gospel piano harmony chops that are ridiculous. Yeah, like but like on the guitar, you know, upside down, <laughs> backwards. Right-handed guitar, left-handed. That still is like, it gets some of the coolest sounds that the guitar has ever made. But I can't think of something that sounds less comfortable than trying to do that. <laughs> I mean, surely you guys have like picked one up and tried to. I've got a buddy that plays like that that I went to to school with. I can't get it, man. It's so. It, I, I mean, it's mind blowing. Like that somebody would put themselves through that. Yeah, if that's how you learn, you don't know any different. Uh, uh, you're you right. Absolutely. Mono Neon plays uh, yep. multiple instruments upside down, guitar and bass, at an extremely high level. 
and slaps on both of them, which is even crazier to me because the you think about the mechanics of slapping. Yeah. You know, typically you want to slap on the bass string, but if it's upside down, you're slapping the treble string and pulling the bass string. It Ooh. is a very backwards. And he just watch. is a murderer. You know, Mon- you've yeah. seen that guy, I'm sure. He just a murderer His man videos are hilarious he is hilarious <laughs> too he is both hilarious and talented beyond measure i mean just all, all the, the kinds of things that he, he thinks to even approach from a musical perspective like him playing along with people talking and like yes. all that kind of stuff like i don't hear it i can't hear it's all like just that. it's all just waves waveforms everything you say everything you play it's all just every airplane that flies over is yeah exactly. it's all just manipulating air welcome to nashville <laughs> welcome to bna yeah. uh it, it's a, yeah anyway the the upside down guitar thing is just insane and props to people who can a do it and like again it's not any different to them. They don't know any This different. is enough trouble. I'm about to for say, me. <laughs> doing it like everybody else is not proven to be very easy to me. So yeah. I had a, I told, I think one of y'all earlier that I had a telehelp uh, FaceTime call with podcast episode three guest Tony Campanovo earlier, or yeah, yesterday actually, uh, about some melodic minor shit because he's like the melodic minor king. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, have you met my buddy Tony by chance? I have not. He's only lived here for a couple of years. He's a Line Six product specialist, but he does a lot of like videos and stuff. And he just, is just, just a such mon- a good player. He is just a monster, man. He from both like a theory standpoint as well as a like physical ability to play. Mm-hmm. Like he he can metal shred, he can bebop shred, he can country <laughs> shred awesome you can also play with pocket and like all the other things too but like to be able to authentically shred in all those ways is that's a lot of practicing man (laughs) i don't practice that much it's crazy do you practice or do you just like play i do but i haven't recently i've been in the middle of the moving thing and i can definitely tell and i need to put some time to Put I've been, some time into it. I've been back this week. Definitely have to. Really trying to practice, man. It's it's important, you know. Uh, if you find your you're playing stale, chances are you're not practicing or like trying learn to some, like learn something new, transcribing something. Yeah, and not just something that you have to, something that you want to. I think that's always important. Do what you love, and you'll find a way to excel at it, hopefully. Absolutely right. Volume knobs are very important. I I use mine rolling constantly. Especially... And the tone knob. so, so I put um, treble bleeds in all my guitars except for my dad's 63 Strat. I haven't touched that. Um, just because I've, in almost every other case, I find that anytime I roll the volume back, it 
Takes the top end off. Uh, but like, uh, to an unusable standpoint within like 10%. For for what I, the, the way I want my shit to perform, you know? I might have some guitars that have that in or have had, and I may have taken it out of some too. I used to dig in and mess with stuff a lot more than now. Now it's like, do I like it? Yeah, cool. If not, I'll change it and then I forget what I ever do. Totally. But I just think that what I'm always wanting to hear from regardless of some of components is I want to start off real bright and have the ability to control that as well as independently controlling the volume. Get that. Um, and do you, do you find like... I like to track especially bright, but like also kind of often I'm thinking about what happens after I leave. So like sometimes unless they ask for something different, I just kind of give a, a little wider of a spectrum. So there's more to carve from. Do you have any thoughts on that approach? That's the garage door. Oh, okay. Lyndon tried to turn the light on and he hit the garage door button. <laughs> I was like, what in the heck? Um, I try it. I mean, if it's if it's like a record kind of thing, I try to get the tone as close to what it, as close to finished as I can. Sure. Don't like it too bright. Um, I, I certainly don't either. Uh, try to just get it as balanced and like a lot of, kind of go ahead and roll the low end off from my end before tracking uh make sure everything's clear as it can be on my end do you do you like to use do you track wet with like verbs and delays some just depending de- on what depends the is. like yeah there's no rules sure everything sure. and especially like doing a lot of different stuff whatever it may be it's I love experimenting too. So there's times I'll just plug straight into a preamp and then manipulate it all later with verbs and delays and try to sure. make weird sounds. I don't know what I'm doing. I just sit there and hit play notes and hit buttons and hopefully something works. <laughs> well, and I'm just curious as to like all the different approaches because, you know, everybody is very much themselves typically at this level when it comes to like where you start what you're looking for and like how you like to do things whatever your process is and i certainly don't do the amount of sessions that you do or anywhere close to it but in my experience it's like very often the person running the session is trying to uh, whichever perfect trying to push me in a direction based on what they want to do afterwards as far as like, like wanting producer. me to play really dry and, and stuff and uh, you know if we need to make it dirty we can make it dirty in post like, yeah you can but there's a very specific kind of dirty and so what do you mean it's just, you know I well, it's always it's been a weird experience for me, perhaps. You know, the the producer and the engineer. I guess the job is form up. The job is to make sure they're happy with what they're getting from you, and I'm to my job is to serve them. Sure. Um, some people always 
some people don't want me to record with any delays or reverbs at all. They want to be able to do it all at the end. Do you find it hard to play like that? Or harder to it, play? Depending on, I guess, the part. But the vi- It would change the vibe. And sometimes it used to kind of bother me a little bit, but now it, it doesn't. Then on the other side, very weird for me. There are some producers that they want it all printed and just do everything, and when they get it, they don't want to have to do anything. I like that approach too, because it's a lot easier, at least from like playing a part for a song. For my headspace to like, this is what I hear, getting to somebody's ear. Here are these things pair it back but like Lyndon and I I don't know where he is but <laughs> Lyndon and I were talking and cause he does you know produces some demo sessions for people on mm-hmm. other sessions and he's worked with uh, an artist from Chicago and like got stuff that he produced on HBO shows and stuff so he's mm-hmm. it's an accom- uh, accomplished yeah. producer so awesome. he likes to do you know he you're back now well, we were we were talking about um it's like when you print effects like before or, or mm-hmm. after and oh, yes. I sent him a mix of something that I was doing like on this record that like for, I'm working on for myself it's mm-hmm. definitely a guitar e record um but like a vibe vibey one anyway I sent him all the stuff and it's like very a bunch of bunch of guitars and they all have textures on them and his comment was like it was getting lost and to a certain extent to, for what he wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I kind of like that it's hard to hear exactly what you're hearing. Does that make sense? Some, Yeah, sometimes. like, And there's like no rules in every situation sure. is different. Because there's stuff like, like for me, like I love playing guitar straight into an amp. A lot of times I will. And then on the opposite end, there's a lot of stuff I do where – it's just watered down, wet, and it sounds like an orchestra of guitars with a lot of verbs and delays and sure. just a big – depends on what it is. Yeah. So I mean, I, you have to be able to kind of flip back and forth depending on what – not what you, not what we want, although your record, yes, but depending on what the person that you're working for wants. or A lot of times I'll ask questions and try to see – Totally. If I don't know what they're going for – whether it be sonically or anything, I'll try to ask and kind of at least figure out where their headspace is so I can make their job easier. What, what kind what of I'm questions doing, are you asking them to figure that out? It all it all depends. Um, and it, again, every situation is different. It, like, it is so I, hard to try to just And maybe being it. a little bit of an overthinker, I kind of want to understand what the big picture is so mm-hmm. I can know what to do. What your place is. Right. Yeah. And... Especially when I'm working at the house by myself and I don't have someone else there. Oh, yeah. Cause, Giving you feedback yeah. on the spot. Like, yeah. Today I was working with for, for a guy from uh, Switzerland and like had a f- quick phone call and like, hey, what are you looking for with this, this, or whatever? Um, I can't even remember the specifics of the conversation. Like he sent – everything was kind of mapped out. But it was like, what else are you adding to this? Just so I know how much space to take yeah, up. Yeah, what's coming after you. Yeah, that's yeah, always yeah. Oh, one dude, that I kind of totally. want to know. Because there's a lot of stuff I do where it's like, you know, incomplete. It's not, the guitar's not the last thing. It's like, hey, yeah. are you adding keys? Or, or what are you thinking Or they haven't that? done a background vocal session yet. Right. And always, yeah, especially like, kind of like, what space 
try to find what space I'm occupying in a track. Yeah. Like I don't want to take up too much to where they're boxed in or sometimes I'll give them the option of some parts where it's like, if they don't add something on the top end of the frequency spectrum here, I'll add something. And then if they don't want to use it and they're going to put something else there, they can do that. Right. You know, I, it just all depends. Sure. And that's, that's very, uh, thoughtful of you and it shows your experience well, I'm, in, in the, the whole process. And it's all figuring it out. Like, I listened to there was some stuff today. I was charting for a session later that I played on the demo two years ago, and I'm like, "What was I thinking?" Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And it's it's all an evolution. Like I don't know everything, and I will never know everything. And it's all just just consistently just figuring it out, trial and error, ask questions. Yeah. Something doesn't work, you learn from it, move on. How yeah. how often? Um, how often do you listen to sessions that you were on? If something comes out and I know about it, I'll at least kind of pull it up and listen, you know, anytime I can. But you do typically you do a session and just move on with your life. A lot of times, yes. Probably healthier. Yes. <laughs> a, lot, I mean, a lot of times, but I used to always listen back and I still will. Game it's tape is important, right? Exactly. And that, that's exactly it. Is yeah. Review and adjust. Exactly. And it's like, there's things that I'm like, oh, I, note. unfortunately, I can remember a lot <laughs> of what I did. Like, oh, they must not like this. They didn't use it. What is it they didn't like? Why? Oh, that mm. must not have worked with this picture. I'm an overthinker. So No, but I know what you but mean. But it's because, very yeah. educational. It's not from a, it is just like, Especially when I haven't worked with somebody a lot, I can learn how they're hearing things by listening to something finished. Yeah. And then when that opportunity comes back again, I can try to adjust. You know what somebody's vision is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes like certain, I've noticed certain producers love certain acoustics. Like I can remember this producer loves this specific acoustic from something they said or mm -hmm. Or they love how these parts kind of work together when I do something like this. Like, I'm always kind of cataloging each individual person to what they like. That's both or at least try wise to. and genius. It, the same way that a producer is probably calling you when they're familiar with you because they can hear you on the track that they're, yeah. they're working like, on. Uh, what or a songwriter writes a song for a singer. that Galloway mm -hmm. grease, baby. Let's get some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there was um, a guy that had me do something, I guess, this past weekend, and... I've worked with him before, and I went and tried to find the last song because I didn't remember anything. It was on another hard drive. I'm like, what did I do on this to kind of just figure out whatever the vibe was? Because, you know, could do stuff from even done some like kind of metal stuff for some people or something that's really like just any, there's all kinds of different stuff. So it's you like try to figure out. Used to. Some, I have to work them back up. But, uh, no, I don't um, think that's true. But just. <laughs> It's all a, it's a service industry, and it's about serving the person that's hiring you. So anything, any way you can think or find a way to kind of appease the person hiring you, the better off that's you'll great, be. Man. And it's it, never about me. It's never about the guitar part. It's about way to look at it. Too. Well, it, it, ha, it has. I think it has to be. But you. But it. But at the same time, you're still consulting yourself, and because at the end of the day, whatever part you play, even regardless of the the data that you're taking in to shape that part you're st st still your part 
So you're still serving both the song as well as the person. You're just knowing where to start. It's like taking their ideas and putting my execution and personality into it. Totally. And and it's... It's an an actor reading a line. Yeah, because you can't just do it and just have no heart behind it or it doesn't translate. You have to find a way to make yourself excited about their idea to serve their picture, I think. I, And that's probably harder, you know, doing, again, as many sessions as you do, which I certainly do not. But I, I like, I'm just excited to create parts on the spot, whether, regardless of who they're for or what, you, you know. I, that's all, I've been excited about that since I was 11 years old or 10 years old probably uh i don't again I don't, i'm not doing it all day every day for people and for you never know the quality of what you're working on until you show up a lot of the <laughs> times so that, that can get hard I've, I've i've heard horror stories i've actually i don't think i've ever shown up to any single session and just like been in one of those scenarios where it's like what do we do <laughs> what do we do with this it happens uh, and then you I, hope you hope someone has someone can guide everyone to the direction they want and every now and then sometimes they'll we'll all go off the cliff together because we're trying <laughs> to figure and sometimes we're all trying to figure it out and something great happens sometimes it's like well this have you, you had, leave feeling really bad about yourself. <laughs> have you showed up? It's pretty rare, but it happens. To a session. Uh, so, uh, Billy and Boo all have talked about this one session back in Texas where they showed up and the whoever was coordinating asked the girl, like, do you have songs and charts? And she said yes. And they showed up. And what she had were lyric sheets, and she would just sang the melody to them for like six tunes or something. And they were just like completely out of time and amelodic, and they just had to like turn them into songs or Sometimes, like cancel the whole session. Yeah, figure it, figure it, figure it out, and make it happen. I heard, I've heard the record. For based on what they're telling me, they're. They're like miracle work. I mean, you just whatever you do, whatever you can in that moment, figure it out the best you can. And I mean, that, that's definitely like a worst case scenario kind of a story. I I can't honestly imagine it being any worse, except for <laughs> maybe doing it for free or something. <laughs> uh, you want to do this six song session? Well, probably I'll knock it out in like a weekend. <laughs> uh pays jimmy johns <laughs> one of the one of the earliest sessions i ever did was um for this uh this hip hop artist who was was on a label and um and the label's like paying for the sessions and everything and you know he hires me at this particular rate and then um he's like all right it's going to be like four songs we get into the session and uh, we get the four songs done, which that was interesting enough because there's, you know, it's, yeah, there's no charts and the guy's just like giving me one listen through and then he's like, all right, here we go. And, and it's like not easy music. It's kind of gospel mixed with mm-hmm. hip hop. And, uh, and then we get done with the four and we've been there for maybe 
oh no, like six hours or something. And uh, and then he was like, all right, cool. I got uh, we just got four more. <laughs> and I was like, well, we have a contract. They sent a contract yeah. and everything. And uh, and then he he like agreed to this rate. And then we did six more hours and then they just never paid the rest that we agreed to on the contract and I'm like I'm not a lawyer I'm also poor I'm not about to hire a lawyer yeah, uh, so that was better than that. yeah right right yeah I, I don't I'm sure that you typically don't deal with those kinds of things but I'm sure that we've all dealt with something similar to that sort about of situation say, uh, maybe some somewhere in the rear view he had a a worst case scenario situation <laughs> I I have I haven't actually had anything bad like that. Yeah. Really, a lot of the sessions I know or people are that I do are for people that I know that like my playing, and so I just you know it's not a thing where like an engineer's. Most of my sessions have not been like just somebody knows me and they call me for a a, a session just because that's who's available. I don't get it. I don't get a lot of those last minute scenarios i'm not that i'm not on that list or whatever at least not here <laughs> and i feel like that's where you're gonna run into that it's like hey this chick called uh got got four songs uh i don't know her i have no idea what this is about pays this are you in I, there, I there was a that, lot of that back in Dallas. i did a lot of that in chicago when i first it, it's kind of how i started producing was there well there was the artist that I worked for the most that I started producing for but then other people that were fans of him found out that I produced for him so they started hitting me up but I wanted more clients so I was charging a very cheap rate and so then it would be like you know like passing out a mixtape in the parking lot yeah. quality <laughs> uh demos and they're like man I, I think you really fuck with this and and then it's just you listen to it and you're like oh shit <laughs> all right here we go it, but those were all also cool because, like, I mean, you get to cut your teeth on some stuff. It has yeah. its value, you know. Absolutely. And then you learn when to say no. You learn how to say no in a in a like sort of making them not feel like bad about it. Yeah. Sort of way, you know. Yeah, it's all a it's all a process. Yeah, it's part life of life is curation sure. of events, bro. That's what yeah, it is. It is. It's all a process. And the ones the ones who are good at it, uh, curate wisely. <laughs> but we all just love to play yeah man totally for sure we I, I think i told you we would do like a four or five minute jam i feel like it was probably like 12 to 15 minutes i think i started tracking like uh, you guys just kind of went ahead just kind of went for it and i started tracking some you'll probably have to fade it in but i, I want to say it was like eight minutes or something the buzz was very strong at that point well you know <laughs> uh, they don't they and by they i'm definitely mean me don't call it uh gear and uh shots well we don't we don't call it gear and juice so um is it gear and beer or beer and gear gear and beer okay sorry for my ignorance but it's okay definitely was putting the beer before the gear i named it bit. gear and beer so you want to talk about ignorance let's start there <laughs> That was uh, appropriate <laughs> interval for that. I've never asked anyone to do this, but when you first sat down, you just started like Tom Bukovac, God's Radio, playing early. And uh, can can I put you on the spot and just like play something? I don't know what to play. Any the, ideas? That's, that's perfect. I have no idea what to do. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm the worst at that. Play play the the hey. Beach Boys tune or something. I've been mess I've been messing with that tune. It's like I kind of want to figure something out with it. Sound pretty figured out to me. <laughs> that sounds so good, man. I just like the sound of the guitar in that. So clear. Your playing is so like uh, intentional. I, I I just I I love I love that man. It sounds oh, so good. Very kind. All all of my favorite players have have that intentional thing to their playing. I need to utilize this tuner. That guitar sounds so major. You want to play it? Yeah. I don't know that I can, but I, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can. I don't know. I'm drinking space juice or whatever. <laughs> I've been doing the same thing. <laughs> space cabbage or whatever. Yeah. Space cabbage, bro. Is it space cabbage? Space yeah. lettuce. Space, space lettuce, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, drinking like, jazz cabbage, bro. I was like, jazz that's, a, that's a pretty great name. <laughs> space cabbage. <laughs> hand technique you have the the whole like like bent thumb thing going on do you do you, what the what angle is your pick at are, are, you, are you changing the angle of it with your with your uh like the joint of your thumb I can't say i've really thought about it yeah see it's straight right there yeah, yeah. the pick's straight they're pretty perpendicular yeah but like i think when you weren't thinking about it you had it you had it like that it's and possible. it was like and I'm always changing the angle of the pick, and depending on the pick. Yeah. Like, Have you? Th- did you think about that at one point when you were kind of learning? Um. 
I've had to relearn a yeah. lot. Um, like, especially playing more acoustic. Mm-hmm. And once I started recording more acoustic, and then really when I got a setup to record, then I started paying a lot more attention to the tonal aspects of how the pick hits, whether it hits at an angle or whether it hits straight, whether you're using the side of the pick, whether you're using a thin pick or a thick pick. Oh, dude, I so this opens I mean, up a lot of questions I've that spent, I have for you. I mean, I remember spending all, literally, I'll, I'm a night out and I will stay up all night and just do the geekiest stuff just to learn. But I remember one night I spent the entire night just going through different picks and what they sound like at different angles and how oh dude just like all kinds of stuff like that. made from yeah. yeah and i mean i'll carry i don't have them with me now but i think there's probably 30 different picks dude, all I different materials bag and, of them. Yeah. and thicknesses and you know some jazz picks but say, to, i bet you have an acoustic bag and an electric bag I, i've got an acoustic I'm bag electric up. stuff I almost, I mean, I carry thin and thick ones, and usually just like Dunlop or the Planet Waves picks, I'm always happy with. And yeah. Sometimes a Jazz 3 if it's more rocking stuff, because I'd use those for can't forever. get into the Jazz 3s, man. I, I know you use them, Rob. Yeah, I still use them. When, yeah. You when use the I Black was, Ice and the Jazz 3? The Black Ice, actually, I have a couple of those. They're okay. The Jazz 3s I used to use a lot, especially when I was in like the Dream Theater phase and all that. Right, okay. and I got, this is like a and, one, I got a 1.5 and a 1.15. Yeah, those are, those are a little different than the ones that I used to use. Is that where your right hand chops comes from? Is the Dream Theater at stuff? one point? And I'll still like talking about practice, and I'll try to yeah. like get that stuff out and work through it. I can hear and it. I mean, you got like, some like serious definition with your right hand. Y- used to have, used to be able to do a lot better than now. Like every time, every now and then, I'll start, I'll sit down with it mm-hmm. and kind of like relearn it, and it's like not there and i'll get to where i like okay i can do it decent then yeah then i'd are you, it along. was it is that is all that stuff like pretty much just straight up alternate picking um some of it is and oops and without thinking when growing up i would kind of somewhat sweep between notes mm-hmm. and not so i actually had to really work to be able to alternate pick and i'm still not i'm not great at it like mm. if i'm not thinking i'll I don't, again, I'm thinking about it, so it's a lot harder, or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, I'm, and I could do it pretty well, I guess, or decent, I guess. But where I'm not straight alternating, but yeah, I don't know. I try not to think about it, and it works I way it's better. Economy <laughs> it's working great yeah. for you, obviously, but like. But it sounds, depends on what the line calls for. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing live. Uh, it makes less of a difference. It's more about however that moment feels and however you got to get it yeah, out. Yeah, because Rob, you went through like some Frank and Bali stuff, right? Like that was how you got your. your I used right to have chops a together. lot of chops, and I was trying to play. I was trying to play a part the other day on some extremely nerdy guitar thing I was doing, and I just like did not have yeah, there's, the right hand for it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It made me very mad, as a matter of fact. That was and what I saw earlier. I, that, that and I started alternate. practicing this week. <laughs> Man, so much definition out of the, the alternate stuff. Yeah, Complete clarity. You can hear you can hear every note end and beginning. And if that's there, like 
I think a lot of it's from playing acoustic, which is extremely unforgiving, or playing really clean. Like, I used to practice, even when I wasn't playing acoustic professionally, I guess, if you can say that. You can. I would practice. I would. I would practice on acoustic just to get the extra resistance on both hands and to force the definition with no, that way there's, you know, it's just unforgiving. And it. 100%. You are listening to the Gear and Beer Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Want to take your home cooking to the next level? Need new recipe ideas or meal inspiration? Like, follow, and subscribe to Bobby Jam's Kitchen on YouTube and Instagram at Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Cook your food and eat it. Yeah, so around here, they're especially bad. But I have a whole bag full in my gig bag, and they're just as bad. Every yeah, every I, now. I started throwing them away when say, what? On acoustic, I follow them on carpet. On acoustic, I love like the blue chips, and they. I've had the same. I've had the same handful of picks for years, and they haven't worn. The blue the chips same. have so much high end on the front end, though. They do, and can be u- useful <laughs> at times. And there's times it's too much, and it's like, okay, I need to grab a. Uh, 2.0 Planet Waves pick and or something different to get that doesn't have the same high end. Do you like, like a, a blue chip at all on an electric? Does it make a difference to you? It gets a little. It can be a little bright, but I use like regular, like pure nickels on some guitars, which mm-hmm. take some of the topping. Like my old. Like what my, strings my, are these? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, I meant to ask um, you earlier and I just forgot, and so like, instead of forgetting, usually like Dedario's on most stuff. Those are look like, like Dedario's because they have the, the coloration. Colored. Yeah. Oh yeah, EXL one ten. These are the NYs. Oh, the NYXL one ten. They're great, man. I, I just like them, them too on quick. some. And fortunately, like I don't really kill strings. I do. A, yeah, he does. Like, I'm, I don't kill strings my either. Sweat pH just fucking. Like, I pulled them. a guitar out. Of the case the other day, somebody came over and like, do you have anything with P90s? And I have like an SG Junior from like mm-hmm. the 60s I had. He's like, what else? And I forgot. I was like, I've got a Les Paul. And I, the last time I pulled it out was 2017. <laughs> and like, there and was the a, strings were still good. And the strings were still fine. And <laughs> I, and I like literally, I can, I, a lot of guitars, I can change them once a year. As soon as they start Easier wearing. you're doing a case than out in the room too, though. That's that's true. Less but, oxidiz- oxidation. Exactly. But like, I don't, even stuff that I keep on a guitar stand outside, like, I just don't kill them very often. Once I, they start wearing the frets, I'll change them. You can tell. But as far as just the liveliness mm. of them. Like these are, gosh, I bet these are six months old. Probably. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. But and, I have and, low and pH not... in my skin. I didn't used to. I had like a huge change at some point. I used to. I used to be like him and Boo Massey. Boo Massey on a Cowboys gig, three forty-five minute sets. He would change his strings at the beginning of the night and then between the second and the third. Set. I would do the same if I had multiple sets. I, I could play five four hour gigs on a set of strings you're kidding and me. then they start to get dead i've had friends like look at a guitar and like 
literally do this uh, and hand it back, and I'm like, where'd the top what, end go? It's yeah. gone. But um, I guess I've been fortunate with that. As crazy it is as it is, I did realize I was killing strings more, and it's going to sound really stupid and overly neurotic. But perfect. When I was eating burgers and no, fries say, all the time the and, <laughs> and eating really bad, like it absolutely made a difference on how I killed strings. I bet. Again, it change, it's changes the totally whole composition crazy. of your body and the way it's functioning. But it, I've tried every. I've tried changing my diet and every. Like it just will never. It, just be better, right? Dude, and I'm I, really neurotic about washing my string, washing my hands every time before I play. I like, wash before my I walk hands up all here. the time. I wipe my strings down. I, I'll I'll like take a cloth to the gig and and they just they turn black after like two gigs. Wow! And it'll it'll even like rust the frets if I don't wipe down the frets after uh like if I get you know sweaty on an outside gig or something. See, I can't wash my hands very often because it'll make I get eczema breakouts and my uh, knuckles will start yeah. bleeding. So I, to, I use a lot of hand sanitizer. It doesn't seem to dry me out as bad. But like, if like on a gig, I'm not touching anything because I don't want to have to wash my hands. Because if I do, the strings will just shred me. Have man. you seen like the working hands, a little green bottle that's like a moisturizer kind of, for, especially no. for the winter because my hands will get dry. Yeah. I have a lotion that, that I really like. Oh but, gosh, like right around there. Like, uh-huh. I, I get it on my on my hybrid picking finger real yeah. bad on the cuticles on the side. Turns into a little string hooked. Great. Yeah, I had to super glue one the other day because it got dried and cracked, and I didn't use that stuff. And it's like, well, super glue it, file it down, so, just so I could be able to. But. I have a really sharp pocket knife that, in a worst case scenario, I can usually like. Whittle it, whittle it, oh, whittle it off. It's oh. I, I, that has also bit me the wrong way it's literally too. making me cringe right now yeah it's not a good idea do not recommend that sounds terrible hey do you have uh do you have nails do you fake uh, nails no uh not i mean not fake or do you grow them do you, out or do anything? you keep you a length of nail f- okay no i know if i cut them too short they hurt like hell but i, I mean i keep them about there okay yeah that's, i used to put yeah. nail hardener on them Okay. And Kevin Key does that. I can't do that shit, man. Yeah, Kevin does that. But you're some just using the tips of your fingers, like the pad or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know some people use fake nails. I just use the the fleshy part. Tony Pierce. And if I want to get, he cuts his fingernails back to his knuckles. He's got no finger. It's ridiculous. I don't see how I that uh-uh. would that. I remember, and this is before I moved here, and I don't think I've done it since. I cut them too short when I was playing a house game. And it's like, oh, it was the, it's the worst. And when you have to play, it really it hurts. really, really, really Especially hurts. Especially if you, if you hybrid or chicken pick a lot. They're, them, fa- them phalanges are sensitive things. Yeah. People look at me crazy because I wear gloves in scenarios where a lot of people don't wear gloves. And I'm like, hey, look, bro, you cut your hands enough times and you're going to start wearing gloves. That's just all there is to it. Bro or, look, bro or sis. You know, some people would get uh, manicures. Guys, gals, just not by their pals. Sorry. I watch too many J. Kenji alt videos. Please continue. Podcast number 27, guess. Number 27. <laughs> I'm honored to be the 27th person on your list to call for a podcast. <laughs> well, in my, in my defense, I am not very smart. I am not either, and I'm I don't know, very I don't know how bad. That's in my defense, but hey, we just wanted to get good at, at good get good at it first. You did ask me about it a while back. I did, and then 
And I'm really bad at talking in general. (laughs) So, Dude, I had one of the busiest end of years, especially considering all the extenuating circumstances of existence these days. I was never here, man. I wouldn't have been able to release podcasts through the end of the year. I don't think we we did any in December, did we? One. If we hadn't stacked them. uh, No, we did two. We did Ford and uh, Lance. But we at yeah, one point right. we we were backlogged like six weeks, uh, just because wow. I I was afraid of something like that happening, and then I burned through them all. So now like <laughs> yours yours will be out in, number twenty seven. Yeah, in like four days. <laughs> oh wow! Or uh, it'll be out in a week. Okay. It'll be out next Monday. All right. So uh, get ready, America. Happy January. Happy New Year. Ha- yeah, Happy New Year to you. So. I, I, did you say that you brought another couple of guitars? I did. You said a telly, right? I do have a telly with me. Lyndon. Switch mount? Yeah. Yeah. Would you mind grabbing that for him? Absolutely. Is it in the uh, the front of the back of that uh, double case? I have no idea. You can grab it. You can grab whichever one you what like. What else did you bring? My Strat is there. If you grab the Strat, you can grab the whammy bar in the in the bag as well please i can tell you about either one or whatever you want to know or I, I you just ask wanna, me questions i'll answer the best i, I can i just want to hear the uh, the other two instruments that you thought enough of to bring to a dorky ah, podcast telly yes sir it's like a custom shop the 52 52 i borrowed it for a video because it was already beat up and i was like if something happens to it, they'll never know. <laughs> I was like, that I don't want it. Real beautiful. And, and I was like, wait, I really like this guitar. And it's tuned. How's it? Drop D. It seems like. Yeah, Telly. There you go. If I grab two guitars, two electrics, it's probably going to be these two. I can immediately hear That thing is beautiful, man. Is that all you're aware or was that a a road-worn? It's a relic, which I borrowed it because it was already (laughs) relic. Well, I know that the custom shop also made those closet classics or whatever, so I just wondered how long you'd had it. I've had it since 2007 or 8. It's kind of got a tapered V profile, like it, like down by the headstock. Yeah, it feels it does like a, little a V bit. and then it gets a little I more want the, C. I want yeah. a butterspot, Butterscotch Blackguard. So. Is that what this is considered as a Butterscotch? Yeah. yeah. Seems like it. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's the color. I, I I do too, but sometimes they call it blonde, and I also have color deficiency. Uh, so. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. so yeah, that's, man, that's you, the thing. You particularly sound great on that guitar. The, yeah, those hands are special. Ah, very kind of you. <laughs> hey, yeah, not the... kind of me. I'm not the one playing that beautifulness. 
just it sounds is. so good, dude. I'm absolutely looping that for one of the in-rooms. But you can do big... Behind the nut bends. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Every now and then, I'll grab for one on an SG or something and be like, oh, man. You don't have much room to work yeah, with on not, that. Especially not on my SG. This one's going to get close to needing some frets. Uh, every guitar over here needs a fret job. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. Literally every guitar I own isn't. It's just, I don't know how. Probably because I play them, I try to keep keep them all in my hands as often as possible yeah I that they kind of wear evenly so it's like oh they're all fine oh wait now they're all now they're all fine. i've i think almost everything i've got's had at least one fret job my stratum has had two at least i think that was this 335 had two my american standard my first telly i ever owned has definitely had two for a long time that was like the only guitar i played for like Six years. There you go. Everything that everyone is hearing is his guitar, his amp, a 57 and a fathead ribbon, mostly 57 in this mix. And I, I, I'm not putting any post. Although I, I just boosted the fathead a little bit and it makes it that... That Man, low that. end. Just just like a DB. Yeah, I'm not I'm not putting any plugs or anything on this. Well I'm just cranking a Princeton up and get the grid out of it. So, so but, can we I, hear can we hear the neck pickup? Yes. standard and it rules really yes what what does it do probably makes it brighter and ballsier brighter because you don't have the resistance in the yeah the, oh. the resistance is gone because there's it's not connected at all it's just like straight to the switch it's awesome i mean I, it that was makes sense i was having a trouble with never, buddy i would it, never roll the tone off on a neck pickup on a telly i the only reason the only time i've ever done that is on that Nash with the humbucker in the neck when I'm like trying to like play a jazz. Like a, thing. yeah, I was gonna say maybe a jazz thing. I would never do that with a telly regular neck. I'm not Julian Lodge, and everyone knows it. <laughs> Sounds like that are a lot more usable in a studio scenario than they are live, in my opinion. 
the darker the neck dark just a a, a, the, a darker sounds to, in my to my ear you have yeah. to really shape darker sounds in a live scenario in order to find your spot in the mix at least to my ear yeah. I like uh darker sounds on the on the bridge pickup if you want to be more busy but not intrusive that like if you want to play a lot of bullshit put it on the bridge pickup and turn the tone down a little bit and that, that also makes it punchier at least on my guitar yeah. there's a lot of really bright pickups seems like I, don't, I might have heard this on a podcast but there's all it's like there can be magic between something bright and something dark put together oh yeah of, absolutely because uh, then things have their own space to sit in and i do use the bridge pickup oh, and yeah. roll the tone back a lot yes absolutely that's, you know but it's still That's enough to, you know. I'm about to say it's a lot, it's a lot until it's just enough. <laughs> just no, I meant when he had it all the all the way open. That wide, that's a lot of high end. That yeah. wide open sound is that's that's funk guitar all day because you're you're cutting so much of that bottom. Exactly. The, my first thought was uh, roller coaster of love. Did you know that guitar was wide open right into a console? Mm -hmm. Volume back, volume up. What a badass guitar part. It's so simple, but it's badass, man. It's badass. It really is. I think another simple but badass guitar part. Uh, that Vegas gig I was telling y'all, we we were yeah. playing uh, uh, Separate Ways by Journey. I thought you were about to say Mr. Big Stuff. No, that's a great song. We, uh, that that guitar that, part. Will you grab that strap? Yeah, oh, Will you absolutely. grab that whammy bar as well? I'll show you that too. Just while we're here, hand me that telly. Here. Hey, uh, will you grab you, me a beer and a taco <laughs> and a nap? Thank you, Landon. Hey, was my dog okay when you were down there? Uh, He's he's there. Yeah, he was fine. Nothing was destroyed. He hadn't thrown up or anything no, crazy. He just he was standing around looking cute. He is great at that. You said front pocket. Uh, whatever the only pocket is on yeah, that right. guy. Fair enough. <laughs> there should be a whammy bar in there. Oh wow! I bought this when I was in high school. I've had this since. It's been all over. Oh forever. shit. Just got this that, Vega that trim, flame top. The Vega trim on there, which has been a lot of fun. Which I need to do a video for them. That's a a, a new installment, or it is, and I really really like this trim. Um, is it a, like a comparable alloy, or is it? Some like crazy sustainy kind I, of a job. To me, it's pretty neutral sounding, from okay. what I can tell. This is not the uh, Stratocaster I was expecting to see after um, the last <laughs> two guitars. I've got another one, but this is. With the humbucker and all of that. Yeah, kind of a... That's a beefy bridge. 
Yeah, there's the bridge. Cold oh, tap. yeah. Pickups too, man. Things like almost hotter the than the Gibson. Fre Freyland vintage hots, and then I can't remember. I think that's just can't remember what the bridge is. But 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 fun little sounds strat. awesome. That that neck is extremely biting. Look in a good way. It's got those upper mids that. Aggressive sound. Should check it out. That, that's it. Uh, tell me the name one more time. Vega. Vega Tram. Okay. The only one of my buddies that I know that actively uses tremolo bars is Laterry. He's the only dude that I'd ever see use one. And he's got like Jeff Beck game. He doesn't use it as annoyingly, but. I love. I I love using it. I do not have <laughs> Jeff Beck game, but I love using it. <laughs> Mark's got that Jeff Beck game. I don't either. What am I doing? Two out of three ain't bad. Okay. That is it's a, almost it's a King Crimson-y. Yeah, that's a great sound. for sure. Cool tap. The tap actually sounds really nice on that. I would say it's the first time I've ever heard both sound good. Usually the non-tap is very muddy. It's like a 500k pot for the bridge, 250 for the other, so you kind of get the best of both worlds. Totally. So is it then... Uh, is it the same uh, control setup, volume, tone, tone? Volume, volume tone. So, oh, so the second volume is the bridge volume. Yeah, that's so. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, I think the tone works for both. Yeah. But. So it's kind of like an active blend. Ooh, I like the blend with the tap. Yeah, it. that's cool. It's really clear. Yeah, so yeah, that's the other one I brought with me. 
And there's nothing stock about this guitar other, <laughs> other than that input jack input plate. jack plate <laughs> and the neck jack plate. Everything oh, else, wow. everything else has been changed. What about the wood? The wood is still the same. So you, we got two plates and two pieces of wood. That's it. Everything else has been changed. You only have two springs on the back. Apparently so. That's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah. Oh, uh, Zach. Ricard put this in there for me. And, uh... Yeah, that, he, it's pretty recent. I wonder if the two springs is a function of that Vega trim system. It's just kind of what I they... Reading, they recommend it. feel really loose? It feels really loose, but I... And, uh, here, check it out. It gives you um, a lot of control. Yeah. Check it out. I'll try. While I finish my beer. It's also heavier (laughs) than I thought it might be. Oh, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, I use it a lot more than... You can say yeah, it's pretty I touchy. Not, I could not play that in tune for at least ten minutes. <laughs> Is that right? No, don't. Is that right? Is that right? (laughs) Hang on. Didn't you see the sign? (laughs) Now do it in all majors. Monty Montgomery did like Stairway to Freebird. Uh, of course he did. I if think, anyone did, it was him. I think he's Texas guy too, isn't he? Yeah, sure is. the The acoustic shred machine. Yeah. I dropped my pick, but it doesn't really make a difference at this point. Is that tapped? guitar doesn't have the same like just natural wood resonance the other two have but it does its thing it's a cool thing man it's like uh 
every time I drive my girlfriend's car and I tap on the brakes, and everybody's like, <laughs> that's, that's, "That's what playing your guitar is like." <laughs> Dear and beer. All right, so I'm going to ask you the the fanfare questions. These were all submitted by listeners. <laughs> and I was not given these in advance. So no. Um, they're, all, have, they're all named Lyndon. Yeah. They, they are... Uh, they, they have not been... We have not fed Tim any answers. Know that these answers will be truthful and of his own volition. My first question... Probably to a fault. <laughs> ...is Metallica or Megadeth? Metallica, I have to say. Okay. Care to elaborate? No. <laughs> That's the, fine. I mean, the Black Album was like something I grew up on and knew my, fairly in depth. My follow up question. And Injustice for All. I'm right now changing to Have you. Spent much time listening to Megadeth. No, I haven't. Because so that's a, the other a part. A lot of, that. of people have not. I have not. So that's probably a big part of yeah, why yeah. I answered well, the way I did. You opened the floodgates earlier when you said, "Please send me anything you're listening to that you think is cool." I will check out some Megadeth because they're, especially if I know that you're into like the Patrici and like the technical kind of metally fusiony yeah, thing. I have been Dave Mustaine's <laughs> guitar playing. Another unsung hero. Man. It's really killer, man. I need to dive it's ex- in. It's extremely capable guitar playing. It's really, the solos that he writes are great. He's got great facility on the instrument. Very cl- His are usually a lot more classical sounding. But also okay. not like, devoid of soul, I wouldn't say. Oh, no, not at okay. all. Yeah. Not it's, it's it's still very lyrical playing. And, and then all of that. At the, I'm not trying to take anything away from Metallica. No, no, I, I'm I a, understand. I'm a huge Metallica fan too. I just a lot of times people pit those bands. Or at least back in the day, they used to pit those bands against each other. It's like, well, Dave Mustaine used to be in Metallica, so if you like him, you can't like Megadeth. You're not a uh, my friend anymore. I don't care about that stuff. So, yeah, so I don't either. But uh, I find that most often people just haven't listened to much Megadeth. I have not. They, they know like Symphony of Destruction. I can't even say I know that, to be honest. Well, you've got some listening cut out for you, I do. That'll help me get back to the house. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Without a speeding ticket, hopefully. So, in line with that last question, uh, you have to pick one, and that's jazz or metal. That's tough, because I can't say I've dove in heavy to either one. None of that matters. You when I used to, to go choose. to the gym, metal would be good. If I'm just chilling, jazz is probably better. So it depends on the mood. Those are such opposites. They are. And I do I do listen to, to both, one. but I can't choose one. Uh, would you say that nothing else matters? <laughs> I would say Wait, that... I'll tell you what. I, I was going to quote... a. A song titled by Dying Fetus, but it is so abrasive. <laughs> I'm sure it is less appropriate than the name of the band. <laughs> it is it's insanely the- less appropriate, <laughs> which is why I have not... You remember that so you can I, tell me after it, this because yes, I want to hear it. Easily. Just pick a song title on any of their I, records. Jazz. I like that choice, too. The improvisational nature of the music alone, I think, makes yeah. me pick it. 
All right. What's going on with that? Um, I think I could probably answer this question for you, but live or session? That's still a tough question. Ah, there's elements of both. If I have to pick one, I'm enjoying doing the session thing now. So I will continue to to do that as long as I am allowed. I think that you'll be as loud as long as you choose to do so. <laughs> Single coil or humbucker? And these are not like... like they don't make sense. Um, you just have to pick one. <laughs> I grew up with single coils much more. It took me a while to love humbuckers, to be honest. My three thirty five really? helped with that. I bet. Um I heard I heard why. However, I'll say humbuckers because of that guitar. There's a curveball. Oh, I I like it. And I can dial it back and still do the twangy thing. Episode twenty seven with all of the hot takes, Mr. Tim Galloway. So we kinda of talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh well, one aspect of this, but volume pedal or knob, and if both, do you have a? Pl- where would you put a pedal in your board? <laughs> so this is, so Mr. Justin Butler, whose name came up over. I not ever heard of that person. Um, so he did my pedal board, and I had him do some work on it earlier. Oh, Justin this Butler, week, or oh, last you mean the week. pasta maker? Oh. I- Episode four guest. Episode four guest. Streganona, as he's known. Um, he had my volume pedal before the drives. No. And Bad. I kind of, I was like, I tried it for a couple of years because he talked me into it. And I'm like, okay, the volume pedal has to go after the drives. I use the volume knob enough, even when playing. Uh. I can do one. I can do one thing with it, and then having it after the drives completely different. So now I have the best thing? of both. Before yeah. the drives. Oh, he likes it before the drives. Yeah, that's where I run mine because I use it the same way I use my volume knob, which doesn't but, make any sense. It's redundant, but it does its own thing. I hated it that I way. I think live. its reaction is different than a guitar it's volume knob. Yeah. It, it is different. It, it doesn't react. It reacts about the same as the way I have my guitar electronic set up with the treble bleed. With the treble bleed, though, yeah. Right. But you don't have trouble bleeds in anything. Yeah, he right? doesn't. Uh, yeah. Defi- but for, for me, it's, not it's in these. I mean, it may be in this, but I doubt it. No, no it's definitely not. Doesn't sound like <laughs> yeah. it. Nope. Um, I think my guitar guy at, the t- at one point snuck it in a couple, and I was like, and it may still be in some, but a couple I remember mm. catching him like, next time I see it, he's going to have to take it out. I got to change it. The only one I have in yeah. there. Mistake. Because um, because the using the volume is still using it using it as a tone knob as well. It's just another tool. That's fair. Yeah, it is just another tool at the end of the any, day. Any anything at the yeah. end of the day. Uh, do do you use compression? Do you have compression on your board or anything? I do. Uh, what if you don't mind? What compressor are you at currently using at the moment? Or do you have multiple? In your studio rig, do you have a do you have rack stuff and pedal stuff, or you just got a pedal? In the studio at the house, I've got and I'll I've got a distressor and a tube tack, and a lot of times I'll lean on those harder than the pedals, yeah, depending on what it is. That's not the worst. I've got an MXR Dynacomp on there right now. I'm always like, if there's one pedal I'm switching out or I have a love hate with, it's compression. Man, I found the Dynacomp to be so heavy handed. It. 
can be. The depends on which one. I like the older one. The old one is noisy, but I love the I love yeah. the vibe of it. It does a mid range thing that I love sometimes. Sometimes I don't. They reissue hand wired ones, customs that they used to make. I don't know if they still make them. I like it. That has the old chip in it. Um, I also have a. What else do I have that I like? The CS twos are cool for certain things. Mm-hmm. I'm always just. That's one that I just swap out all the time because I've never. I never love it very long. Pedal, right? What's the trendy one? The Cali seventy six. Yeah, I know that? some people that love those. It's the, it depends on which iteration, because a, a lot of people swear by the big body, but then I, I've heard it's the different. slide rig, the compact, the that small sounds one. great. Some love that. And they've got the regular uh, origin, the origin, or the original, or whatever, Yeah, but just the small, co- the small box. Have I shown you the Fairfield Accountant? Uh-huh. That, have you seen that? It's a pretty mm-hmm. squishy-sounding one, right? It is... Uh, like in the most minimal setting, it is still noticeable. It it's reminds me of like colorful. the Greer Fish Press. Yeah, the um, I've got an Analog Man Bicomp. I will use that sometimes. And again, it's just I don't use it a lot. I don't use mm-hmm. compression a lot. Like I'll crank an amp up and get the tube compression more than anything, unless it's an mm-hmm. actual effect. Um, yeah, right. You're trying to get that. 80s 90s clean squashy yeah. thing yeah and and you got the dynacomp and the cs2 for that so. yeah they all <laughs> yeah so compression's kind of i've been messing with it for years and never found one that i'm like that's my compressor can i ask two side questions absolutely nope. okay uh one when nope. you're when you're tracking at home uh what microphone uh is your go-to for an acoustic and the second question it's the same thing, but for electric guitars on a on an amp. Um, I've got an old four fourteen that I use a lot on acoustics, and I love it. Oh wow! Um, okay, like the old, not the brass capsule one, but the EB, like the first version mm-hmm. of the nylon capsule is the one I've got, and I use that most of the most of the time. And sometimes I use a fifty seven too on um, an acoustic. I, yeah, and like in combination, and in sometimes conjunction. just a fifty-seven. Really? Where tell, do you put I the fifty-seven? I don't tell people. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, because I, people that say they hate fifty-sevens on acoustic, I'll send them a fifty-seven on acoustic just to, and not tell them. Yeah, just to trick them, and they all. It depends on the vibe of the. Song. I mean, is that like if the acoustic is with? Uh, could you do a, a a fifty-seven on an acoustic by itself? If that's the only acoustic track you're sending somebody, I have. If it's more like really? a raw gritty. Because the mid-range focus is different than what... Where do you position that 57 if you do that? Depends on the guitar. Really? Um, a lot of times, like, where the body meets seems to be a good spot. Sometimes mm-hmm. angled down. Um, my 28, which has a lot more low end, sometimes the 6 mm-hmm. fret pointed in. Um, you know, sometimes just being above. It all depends on the part. That is and not the on, answer I expected I from you. Um I mean, there are a lot of other ones I really like, the, but that's what I have. At the the unexpected answer is what I have come to expect from Tim Galloway. <laughs> that's really um, cool, though, man. I'm going to have to mess with that because I've done it a couple of times at home, just been like, wow, this sounds spectacularly bad. It de- it always depends. Like, sometimes it is spectacularly bad. Sometimes it's really, really cool. Um, and sometimes if it's like multiple parts, sometimes having one doing that, they kind of can work together in a cool way. Yeah. Um, on electric, I've got is it like a one of the Unidyne old Unidyne fifty sevens. Okay. Um, and it's really cool. Or a regular fifty seven. 
Um, sometimes in conjunction with a 121 Royer, depending on the stuff. Yeah. I mean, that was, I've got the poor man's the clean, Royer. It's not, it's not even close to the same thing, but like, you know, ribbon mic and a yeah, 57. Yeah, it, it does the thing, especially Don't like clean stuff it. and when it's by itself, I like it. Um, a 421 and a 57 is cool, which yeah. for some of the more like I love big rock stuff that I was doing earlier, it was those two in combination. I can rent through a TG2 and summed them together and blended them. Yeah. So you, you have kind a, of fit the Chandler. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are great, man. I find 421s to be kind of mid-rangey. They sound um, super, they, like, like fizzy. Full, full range. They have. Clear to me. That's why. And it'd be hard for me to use it by itself, to be honest. Yeah. I agree. Um, but in combination, the 57 kind of picked up what that didn't and yeah. then blended them together. And then again, this track was a very not Nashville, not country mm-hmm. kind of thing, a very rock power kind of thing. And it just kind of helped it pop. It did that really It well. got a little on the bright and even, but it was kind of what it was called for. Yeah. And they were happy. So, all right, cool. Thanks. I'm always messing with stuff. Even, I a, just, even I, a 414 yeah. is great on electrics too. Okay. For certain things. Yeah, that's that's pretty common. People use that on electric. But fifty seven, yeah. you'll never go wrong with just a fifty seven. Right. That's the thing is like I mean, even even with this, like, um, you were just like, Yeah, lean on the fifty seven more like You can which... tell you can tell with the ribbon sometimes you get that low mid thing and sometimes mm-hmm. it get can be a little that, too much. Like, like it's kinda, kinda muddy like kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, certain things it's Great, and some things it could be a little much, but I think between a fifty-seven and a four-fourteen, those two mics you can do, you can make an entire record with those two mics. Oh yeah, fine. Man. I'm not an engineer, but that's my <laughs> extremely ignorant opinion. <laughs> I don't think that you could call that opinion extremely anything other than uh, authentic to your experience. Uh, and it can, and I can give you a totally different answer next week. <laughs> that's, and I, that's the beauty that's, of this whole thing. Anytime anyone asks me about anything, whether it be advice or anything, I give them a, what I feel in the moment and take it with a grain of salt because next week I may have a totally different view of whatever it may be. Totally so, get that. Totally get that. I always reserve the right to be wrong. Amen. Don't we all? <laughs> depends on who you're talking to, I guess. But... Uh, so my next question, I think, is uh, I've got I think four questions left for you. All right. My next question is jazz or precision. I know that that's a depends kind of a question, but I'm not asking for it depends. I'm asking you to pick one. At face value, I'd say jazz. I I think that I agree, but a lot of people pick. P, especially people say it's, we're in Nashville. It's a P town. It's like no, but it's preci- not. <laughs> precision without heart is pretty boring. Totally, like well, heart. It also pre- depends on what you're doing. Well, yeah, and I guess you know whether you're listening to it or what you're striving to do. It, it totally depends. But if I were to say, if, if somebody were to ask, this is just me, and I don't know if this is how you're answering the question or how anybody's ever answered it. If I have to pick, I'm saying, which one can I do more a wider scope with? And I think that the answer is jazz bass, 100%. If you really need a P bass sound, you can just 
turn that bridge. Oh wait, are you talking about? Oh, you're talking about bases. Yeah. Oh, that's totally different. I'm gonna go with P base. Really? (laughs) I was so all day, all day, all day. I I love P bases. I mean, I do too. And I can't even tell you the difference between a P bass sound and a jazz bass sound, but it, a lot of times I hear something, I'm like, what is that? And it's a P bass, and I always love it. So. Rob, I like, I understand what you're saying, but I, just, I find that I like P basses more often. When something feels great, a lot of times it's a P bass playing it. When something sounds great and it's not as much about the feel of the bass part, a jazz bass is often in that moment what it's it's a it gives you more sounds a p bass no i I trust that because you're probably amongst the three of us the like it's it's a more it's a more limited tonal spectrum from a p bass and then if we really dive into it it all depends on whose hands it's in (laughs) so well sure but but that's not the question my question is if you have to pick one and you pick p bass and that's i totally get that I, my 65 P bass is one of the finest instruments that I have ever held in my hands. I play it all the time. It's amazing. Sometimes I still have, I have flats I can throw on it if I need that. I tend to just keep steel rounds on it because that does make it a little more versatile. But I can do a country gig with a jazz bass. I can't do a gospel gig with a P bass. I can. But it won't be stylistically authentic. Fair enough. But I think that I can. You can get away, and a lot of dudes play jazz basses on modern pop stuff, on old classic country stuff. A lot of P bass too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> a lot of a lot of Stingray in this town. A lot of Guild Starfire in this town as well. See those occasionally. I haven't gotten. Uh, I haven't gotten into Stingrays yet. I. Love everything that Craig Young's ever played on one, but I can't make it sound good at all. <laughs> Tone is in the hands. It totally is. And it's like, you know, it's, to a certain extent, yes, guitar, but I feel like it's even more for bass, especially when it comes to finger style, because there's a lot of different things that you can do with the tip of your finger that you can fix with a pick that you can't change the composition of your fingers and the way you attack a string. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't like the way this pick is sounding, like, you can, you can go through three or four of them and maybe mm-hmm. suss that out. But if it's a finger-style part, you can't be like, uh, say, uh, Lyndon, let me borrow your index and middle <laughs> finger real quick. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta, like, yeah. you gotta, like, figure it out and... For, for that reason, and I play a lot of bass gigs, but for that reason, bass is really frustrating for me <laughs> to play because I because I cannot often achieve the sound that I'm going. for. I think that you have you, like you've got like thick fingers. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, short and dense. Yeah, you got bass player fingers. Like uh, to me, your your tone sounds good than I could ever. Get, and I play some fingers. some bass like some bass gigs. <laughs> But like I just I don't think I could ever get the tone that you get on bass. Try playing too hard. <laughs> no, man, I don't think that's it because I think that sometimes it, because I'm not as skilled as you on bass, sometimes I I see you playing softer than I would play a line, and it's like possibly because you have more facility and you don't have to try as hard. I certainly have more facility than 
None. I do have some. Yeah. But in comparison to like being able to grab a guitar and I could just get there a lot quicker. Hmm. And I struggle with what I'm hearing on bass. All right. My last three questions for Welcome back, Tim. Tim Galloway. <laughs> Everyone shut up. <laughs> Do you have <laughs> No, let me rephrase that. Um Whenever you guys are done laughing at me, I'm laughing at Tim, dude. I'm laughing with Tim. I'm with Tim. <laughs> that, that I, I accept all of it. Whatever you guys are throwing down, I'm picking up. It's fine. You said hi to somebody, and I look, and I just see just white light, and I can't see anything. <laughs> yes, uh, the the boss of the house is home. Oh, okay. I was giving a quick salute so that I, I don't have to do latrine duty later. <laughs> Um, so you're stuck on Music Island. Okay. You have your 335 and your Princeton or whichever acts and amp you choose. That would probably be it. Yeah. If you get a pedal, what's that pedal? Memory Man. I I think that's the second time somebody said that. I believe that's what Ford or somebody said. Old memory man. Yeah. Big body. Yeah. I've never actually played an uh, original. Oh, that's so good. I've heard a lot of recordings where someone has played on them. Well, I guess I'll just have to go find one. Thanks, Tim. You're welcome. Um, Do you... No, not even do you. Off the top of your head, I don't want deliberation... You have to pick three records to listen to for the rest of your life right now in the next 10 seconds. Maroon 5, Songs About Jane, Weezer, The Blue Album, Beatles, Abbey Road. I don't think that... Uh, off any, the top of my head. I don't think that anybody's ever picked those before. I think that's great. Somebody's picked Abbey Road before, surely. I don't think so. I think that we've had a Beatles record, but I don't think it was Abbey Road. I think it was Revolver. Yeah, that would probably be about number four. Pinkerton would be up there for me. The, I like that record a lot. It's a Weezer album. The yeah. agency from the 1800s. <laughs> so now, Tim Galloway, right. guest of episode number whatever this is that I All said right. earlier. Uh, uh, gentleman scholar. Uh, I am neither. <laughs> s- s- sweetheart of a human being. You are now in what we dumbly call the king's court your choices are albert bb freddie or Z x um then what was the last one king's x all right go through this one more time albert king bb king yeah. freddie king king's x <laughs> of the king i like to say it real stupid like that so that it's confusing to everyone. albert king i guess i would have to say for no reason you know, why do you need First one? First one, yeah. There's no reason. Why? Why would we? Why would you ever find yourself having to choose between those three, four? <laughs> do you like? Let me ask you this question: Have you ever listened to King's X? Yes. I'm, I'm a fan. It's been a bit, but I have. I went through a little bit of a phase. That's some really cool stuff. Uh, Doug Pennick got a cool voice. 
and the guitar player had a cool voice. He did some of like thirty percent of the singing, I think. Ty Tabor. Is that his name? Yeah. And they, they, they all have really cool parts, and I'd like to throw that curveball. So, that said, <laughs> um, today has been Mr. Tim Galloway. Episode 27. Episode number 27. The Nostradamus of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'll be sure to put any links to ways to hire Tim or if he has a website or and, and I'll be sure to put his Twitter and his address up. I don't even think yeah, I have twi- I don't even think I have Twitter anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't have Twitter. I'm- we'll put your old address up. We'll put your old address up. Um, you know, that's a been a really pain that's a been a big pain in the ass to correct the address. Oh my god. Dude. That's what that was so many things you gotta do. Yeah. We'll put up your LinkedIn We'll put up your uh, your Etsy. That's all the ironic things I can think of online. Your, your OnlyFans. Yeah, we'll put up your. We'll put a link to your OnlyFans. My Farmers Only. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a link to your Farmers Only fans. Ladies and gentlemen, twisted and tweaking as always, Lyndon McCarty, our esteemed guest, Mr. Tim Galloway. And I am, of course, the idiot that makes everyone do this. And we will see you next time on this show that is going to end right now. Way to go, Rob McMiller. <laughs> Rob McMiller. <laughs> Rob McMiller. Give it up for the most Scottish episode of this podcast today. <laughs> okay, that was pretty funny. Thank you for listening to the Gear and Beer Podcast. Make sure and subscribe and turn on notifications for our channels. And if you haven't already, follow our Instagram and YouTube channels. We truly appreciate your support and ask that you please tell anyone you know whom you think might be interested in our podcast about gear and beer to help us grow and continue bringing in great guests from around the industry and beyond. Thanks again. And until the next episode.